Hi, and welcome to the Online Unification Pod, a weekly podcast about online and digital produced by Zuma. I'm Doug, and today I was joined by Tobias Pazma to talk about friction in customer experiences and how you can reduce it. If it's a pain to do business with your company, you're probably going to struggle to bring in new customers and hold on to the ones you already have. So getting rid of everything that creates friction, whether it's very small things or a really big one, is vital for long-term success. Tobias knows a lot about this subject and he's helped plenty of companies move towards frictionlessness, so he was a perfect guest for this week's pod. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to the podcast, Tobias. Thanks. How are you doing? Back again. Yeah, good. All good. Just came back from a nice walk with the dog. So wonderful. I I look back on the um the last time you were on you were on an episode and we talked about HubSpot and that was like your second week at Zuma. Yeah. Um, I guess you're a bit more settled in now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was easy to settle in at Zuma, but still, uh, yeah. Now it's more. Uh, Every day, the the yeah. newness is uh, the fresh eyes are gone. So yeah, the novelty is gone now. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. daily grind. Good, but um, speaking of the daily grind today, uh, we were going to talk about friction. I thought uh, it would be a good topic because um, you had an article in the onlineification hub recently, which was called "Fighting Churn by Removing Friction." Um, churn being the rate at which a company loses customers. So basically, you know, how can you uh, make sure that the customers you already have stick around instead of leaving and going somewhere else? Um, so I guess maybe we could just start um, if I ask you, uh, what is friction in this context? Yeah, so in, in this context, friction is really any hindrance that the customer can experience in working either with your product, with your service, or with your company organization as a whole. Uh, so it's a very wide topic. Um, when we talk about friction in the context of existing customers, uh, yeah, you can think of like onboarding processes that have to be smooth, renewal processes that have to be smooth, um, even cancellation processes that you want to have smooth. And then when we talk about it more in like friction or frictionless experience in sort of the commercial process, then it's more then it's everything from is my messaging from marketing uh, consistent with the messaging from sales is my understanding of the customer and my persona does it align well with my value propositions with the product that i'm actually offering but also small details as like <laughs> does the customer have to print the contract that i sent him then sign it then scan it and then email it back uh that is friction as well yeah yeah and it seems, you know, even when you say it, it seems like such a small and silly thing, maybe. But I guess when it's lots of little things like that all the time that just make it so that having anything to do with this company is a huge pain, then that's maybe going to maybe not drive people away. But like you said, when it comes time for renewal or something, maybe they'll be their eyes will be drifting somewhere else, you know? Yeah, exactly. If it's if it's too much small things uh, and like if, if we think about this in, in like a customer perspective. If it's, I have to ask, if we think about this, even in, in like a Zuma perspective, right? Uh, if a customer has to, has to ask, uh, hey, 
we want some more suggestions on how to do this or that. That's a piece of friction where you can remove the, that friction by proactively giving suggestions, right? So even in to make it super practical in like <laughs> our day to day, that's maybe a good example of what can also be friction. Mm. And it seems like um, I guess all companies have a problem with this, but do you think it's more of a threat for B two B companies? I'm just thinking that you know often buying something B two B is a bit more of a tricky process than just buying something online. You know, you it's a long process and you need to go through a salesperson, all that kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I, I I think you're right there um, that it might be for for B B two B companies. Uh, they are less aware of the problem because of the smaller numbers of customers usually, right? So if I make a, a half percent increase on a million customers, the effect is going to be dramatic. Uh, and when I make that same change for 20 customers, you might not really see it uh, in your, in, like in your bottom line. So then it's easier to think of, to not think about it or to be like, uh, doesn't really matter if we change this. It doesn't really matter if we make this process a bit more smooth for for our customers or not. But I think like in in this on this friction topic, there's so much good stuff B two B can learn from B two C. Yeah, and I guess also you know maybe this isn't the right way of looking at it, but I guess B two B companies maybe think you know among their customers, even the customers kind of expect that you know the experience might be a bit bumpy you know the people uh, who kind of expect that it's more difficult to buy you know make some huge b2b like industrial purchase than it is just to buy a pair of jeans or something online and maybe they kind of lean on that as an excuse not to make things a bit smoother and frictionless you know yeah of course with such a person or such a purchase um there's also a need for a lot more touch points like no one is going to buy a new big amount of factory equipment uh, for like 10 million sec online or they might but they probably want to see the machine before they buy it they maybe want to have like a maybe even a factory visit um, just to get the full trust in the company that they can deliver but still like the I guess the the principle still holds holds true right even though even though there there is need for more touch points still you can make sure that those touch points are are frictionless Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I presume a lot of the people listening to this will be B two B companies, and hopefully, or I, you know, I guess depends whether they're aware or not. But if they're listening to this, maybe they recognise some things and say, "Oh, yeah, there is a bit of friction in our processes as well." If you're trying to make sure that that things are as friction free as possible for your existing customers, where should you start? Because it kind of seems like we're talking about you know, there's like tools on one side, like, you know, there's digital signage and stuff that we spoke about at the start when you get a contract on paper and you have to scan. But then on the other side, it's kind of more of a way of thinking, you know, it's a bit more kind of strategic. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> my default answer would be look at the data, but that's probably the wrong answer. The right answer is have conversations with your newly signed customers or with your current customers and Ask them, just ask them, hey, you just became a customer. Do you have any feedback on, on this sales process? Is there anything we would have could have improved? Is there anything that would have made it easier for you to make a decision? And then you maybe get feedback like, yeah, well, actually, it would have been nice if 
someone would have sent me a case study that was, or if you guys would have had a case study, well then it's some like, okay, cool. We can like produce that content. And in the next time we get in touch with a customer like this, the sales rep can send it out proactively or yeah. But then, yeah, <laughs> my default answer is always data, data, the data is always where the answer is. Uh, so in that, in that way, you could look at MPS scores, talk with people with a low MPS score, uh, look at conversion rates in your, in your sales process, like from what stage to what stage are they dropping off? Okay, here they are, we're dropping off below benchmark or way below benchmark. Okay, let's investigate that specific area. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have a fun, I think I also mentioned this in one in one of the blogs uh, on the MPS. I worked with a company who uh, they uh, sold um, admin software, right? So like bookkeeping software. And um, they were in this like bigger like transformational process some years ago. And they gave their, their board members, took it upon themselves to call everyone who gave an MPS score of five or lower. And then it started just like to actually get like the CFO on the phone, like, Hey, I saw you scored this with like a four. How can I make this up to you? Blah, blah, blah. And this was, this was a big company, like tens of thousands of customers. And that also made it so that the, it started to lit like customer experience in general became a topic in, in the boardroom or in, uh, in, in the management teams. And it really started to live in the, in the, in the whole organizations. I think they even got to the point where <laughs> even on the desks of the developers or in the, the, the rooms where the developers sat, they had pictures of the personas so that they were thinking, oh yeah, I'm writing this code, not for this user X, but I'm writing this for the wife of a guy who has a small construction company where she in the evenings and in the weekends takes care of the bookkeeping. That's a very different, you will make different choices in your software then probably in user interface and in like amount of wizards and explanations and information icons that you have. And I thought that that was a very, very interesting process that that company went through. No, that is interesting. Yeah. And then I guess you're, you're not kind of just fighting churn, is it? as it happens, but you're building up things so that it doesn't happen in the first place. Yeah. And I, I guess fighting churn and improving customer experience might be synonyms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, um, I, I was just going to ask, and that brings me on to um, the question of like service where, because mm -hmm. I mean, when I kind of think about um, when I've stopped being a customer of somewhere now, I've, I've never made any kind of B2B purchase, but just you know in your normal life then usually yeah. it's after uh, some kind of unsatisfactory interaction with um, customer service and i guess maybe that's somewhere that b2b companies have been a bit weaker traditionally would you say or? um i would almost say the opposite like if i call a b2b company uh say if i need hubspot support i might be on hold for like two minutes max or i can do a chat or a forum or stuff like that or I can just call my account manager, right? And then my account manager will take it further in the organization. And yeah, my, maybe it takes two weeks before my problem is solved, but I've made my problem known quite quickly. Where if I call my phone service provider, right? I, or uh, my bank, for example, 
I call them, I go to like five different choice options. I have to enter my persona number. I have to uh, stay on the line for at least half an hour. And then I speak to someone who then connects me to another person where I have to wait another 10 minutes. And then that person is like, oh yeah, no, we cannot do this. Like, <laughs> I guess it kind of looks at, yeah, it kind of depends on like what sort of company you're looking at. Because I, I, I mentioned bank. Uh, so I'm like, this is no, <laughs> no promo, but um, like I, I recently moved to Sweden and wanted to become like, yeah, open a, open a bank account and stuff like that. And then I called, um, got in touch with uh, Handelsbanken. And if I call Handelsbanken, I call their office right down the street here. And this guy, he answers the phone and I talk to him about, yeah, I want this and that. Okay, cool. Here's some information. I get an email from him. I reply to the email. I go to the office. I meet with this same person. He gives me all the guidance. Uh, of how to set up everything. Three weeks later, I call Handelsbanken again because I want uh, a mortgage. Same guy answers the phone, same guy I'm in contact with. And I like that's it, feels like I'm, I'm working with like a small business, right? The, the, intim the, the customer intimacy of a small business, like, like, yeah, like, like your barber that you go to every couple of weeks and that you talk with and that remembers stuff. I got that feeling from a nationwide bank, maybe even international bank. And like, I'm so impressed. It's so above my expectation. Uh, Cause I was expecting, yeah, like, okay, I'll probably call them during my lunch break. Cause then I ha can be on hold for an hour. So some companies get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, when you started telling that story, we could record an entire episode you and me talking about the challenges of trying to open a bank account as a foreigner in sweden but it seems like it went very very smoothly for you i mean as long as you have your persona number and you have your id court yeah yeah then uh, the then then you get your banky day uh then, then you get your bank then you get your banky day then mm. life actually begins yeah 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 it's Speaking uh, about a bad customer experience yeah. <laughs> uh, in this uh regards uh my dog I go to this pet store and they're like, oh, do you want to become a member? You get like, you get our points and get a discount or something. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, go through like the whole, what's your phone number? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, what's your name? This, that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, okay, what's your persona number? Like, I don't have a persona number. Oh, okay. Then, um, yeah, then we cannot help you. <laughs> like, my dog cannot become a member of your store? because I don't have a persona number, like even GDPR technically, it's illegal for you to ask my persona number to become a member. Uh, but like, it was like a situation of like, computer says no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you know that sketch. Yeah, yeah. computer says no. I mean, the best thing is, is uh, when you get your Swedish ID card for the first time, you have to pick it up from the post office. And in order to pick it up, you have to show a piece of Swedish ID. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that was what it was like for me anyway. Okay, um, I just had to go to the tax authority. I, I had, to, uh, I had wow. to fight with them a few times and then... <laughs> so yeah, Sweden oh. needs to work on its consistent customer experience, it sounds like. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. just easier for Dutch people than British people. They're, they're friction, eh? They, yeah. <laughs> there's friction there. No? Very good. Well, maybe that's a future episode we can 
take it's mm. customer experience lessons from um yeah the swedish uh, tax authority yeah and give a shout out to rosanna because she really helped with well we that. need to get yeah we need to get her on as well then Good. Well, Tobias, thank you very much for joining us again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, whoever is listening. Um, You can subscribe to this podcast, so please do. And uh, if you want to listen more, then just go to zuma.agency and you'll find out more. 